0: Our prayer is that you will be filled with the knowledge of His will, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Strength to Strength Sisters. I'm Jamila Kurtz, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today. The vision of Strength to Strength Sisters is to encourage women to be catalysts in advancing the kingdom through biblical teaching. Testimonies of Faithful Woman and Thought-Provoking Discussions. I'm excited today as we come into the presence of God and hear from the hearts of women who are passionate. I know each of them. They're passionate about living well with our emotions. Just a note that for today's um, Q&A, after our speakers are done, we're going to be receiving questions through the chat box just to be able to better facilitate our discussion today. So feel free to direct them in your ch- in the chat box to either me or to Christina Bear, who is taking care of the tech side of our call today. Let's pause a moment to pray before we proceed. God, we just come before you. And I thank you, Lord, so much for this opportunity that we could come before you as your daughters. And Lord, we just wanna worship you in this moment. And thank you for your son, Jesus, who died for us. And thank you, Lord, for the way that you so fearfully and wonderfully made us, all of us, Lord, even our emotions. And Lord, how you've given us the gift, Lord, that we can feel. And how our feelings, Lord, can direct us, Lord, into service for you. So, God, I'm just excited to hear, Lord, in the next few moments, what you're going to share with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So our call today, as you um, have probably seen in our announcements, is structured just a bit different. We have three speakers with us today. And so right now, before we proceed any further, I'm going to let them each just introduce themselves just a bit. So go ahead with that.
1: Edith, you can go ahead first. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm Edith Berkolder, married to Merle Berkolder. So I'm a wife. I'm a mother to five children, three biological two foster, and a grandmother to four.
2: My name is Doreen Kurtz and I live in Western Massachusetts with my husband, Joe. We are expecting our eighth child at this point, so I'm looking forward to sharing this panel with you.
3: Hello, everyone. <clears throat> my name is Tiersa Kurtz, and Jamila is actually my mom, and I'm so excited to be here today. I'm almost 21, and I've learned a lot of things the hard way about emotions and dealing with our emotions, and so I'm excited to be here and learn and grow and share some of the things I've learned. And I'm currently living in Virginia, after living in Kenya for the last seven and a half years. So that in itself has been a growing experience. And yeah, I'm excited to see what God has for us today. Thank you, wow.
0: This is just great to have each of you here with us today. So Edith, Doreen, Tirza, I'm just wondering, before we get started, if you can tell me just one word, what's one word that you're feeling in the moment? Uh, let me see.
3: Uh, Tirza, you go first. A lot of excitement,
2: but also apprehension. Mm-hmm. Doreen. Oh. Um a little a little shy mm-hmm. and a little nervous.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Edith? A bit disorganized because I had some problems getting on, mm-hmm. and my husband wasn't here to help. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. So you notice that they each described an emotion. Each of them gave a, a different feeling that they had. You know, our emotions, um, it's been said that they're what give us energy. Like, think about the root word of emotion is motion. And it's what helps us to be able to respond, it's how we feel. But even deeper, I believe our emotions are a gift from God. And it's part of what it means to be made in His image. Um, Proverbs 4, 23 says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Emotions are, like I said, that gift that help us and it from it flows all um, of our life. And it's been said that it's impossible to become spiritually mature if we're still emotionally immature. Let me repeat that. It's impossible to become spiritually mature if we're still emotionally immature. So how do we become emotionally mature? You know, in second Corinthians, it says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, or let me say for our purposes in our discussion today, an adult, I put away childish things. You know, it's what we all so desperately want. We want to be able to embrace our emotions and not be ruled by them. We were created to feel, but, you know, I was thinking about that as women, we face all these times of whatever it may be, hormonal upheaval or imbalance or just so many different things that come into our lives, depending on the different stages we're in. And, you know, sometimes we can allow ourselves to react in damaging ways when we're feeling all these different emotions and then having all these different circumstances that come into our lives. So how can we navigate the changing seasons of our lives? How do we learn to live well with our emotions in the beauty of Romans 8 and 1 Peter 2? Those are two chapters that I feel like are kind of my emotional rule of life, Romans 8 and 1 Peter 2. So I'm excited to hear what God is going to share today through Tirza, Doreen, and Edith. I'm praying for you. We're all praying for you. May God's spirit be your guide as you share with us. So we'll go ahead and we'll start with Tirza. Um, So she's the youngest, obviously. And like Ashley says, she's my daughter. I'm a bit overwhelmed thinking about the opportunity that we have to do this together, even though we're half a world apart, Mm -hmm. thanking God for this. and then. Doreen will share, and then Edith will share, and be prepared with your questions, your comments. We want to have a good discussion afterward. So, Tirza, go ahead.
3: Okay, thank you. I'm so excited to share today. And as mom was talking, I was listening to her, and I was just thinking how so much of what I've learned has come from her, and she could probably say all the things that I'm going to say today. And I was also planning to start with the from Proverbs chapter four verse twenty three, and it's very common, and we hear it a lot. We've read it so many times over the years, um, and it says, "Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it flow all the issues of life." And I remember probably ten years ago, sitting down with mom, and I come from home from school, and she told me I had come home c- talking about who likes who and all those types of things, and she told me that. I have to guard my heart because every time I give a little piece of my heart to someone, or I say I like someone, or I have feelings for a guy that takes a little piece of my heart that I want to save for my future husband ultimately, and just save in order to love others while well, I think and love God well. And I wish I would have taken that advice 10 years ago and held it really close to me and valued it and treasured it and followed it because I've learned a lot of things the hard way and I'm still learning things. Um, Just because I'm here doesn't mean I have life figured out in any way. Uh, So today I don't really want to give you a list of do's and don'ts, or I don't really think there is a list of do's and don'ts that you can do this or not do that and you'll have your emotions figured out or you'll be able to live an emotionally pure life Um, I haven't found it to be that way. For a lot of years, I tried to just follow a list. Or if I did this and I did this and I did this, then then I'd be fine. And I wouldn't struggle with my emotions. And in the last year, especially, I realized that it's not that way. And I'm going to share a few things that have helped me a lot. Um, So it's something we all have to realize on our own. And it's a journey we all have to walk on our own. And it's not necessarily we can't necessarily look at someone else's life and see that they did that. And so I can do that. And therefore I'll be emotionally healthy and emotionally pure. And the first thing that i like to highlight is that I think in order to live emotionally healthy and stay pure emotionally, I have to know who my identity is in and who created me and, um, A place that I often go when I think about this is Daniel chapter one, when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego had been taken captive and they were in a strange land and the king, he was trying to change their identity. And first of all, he changed their names and he was going to use them in his kingdom. And I find it so interesting that he changed their identity first because he knew that by changing their identity and confusing them, that he would also be able to influence their appetites and um, their worldview, and I think their desires also. And I think that's often how Satan so, yeah, he the lies that he targets us as young women with is he um, gets us all confused about who we are and who we should be and who we should be striving to be, and he confuses us there. And he knows that when we when he has us confused on that, then. Um, he also has control of our desires and our appetites and so I am sure that we all know who we are but I'm just going to highlight that a tiny bit but we're all women and we're created in the image of God and God created us with desires and he created us with a desire to be known and loved and to belong and those are good desires um, And we live in a fallen world. And so those desires, although they're good and they're from God, we try to fulfill them from the wrong places. And so what do we do with our emotions? What do we do when we are struggling with what that guy thinks of us, when we are struggling with trying to fit in um, something that has helped me a lot? is envisioning it like there's two ditches. And so uh, the one ditch is trying to suppress my emotions. And so I can try to suppress it. I can act like it's not there. I can, um, yeah, I think you know what I mean, but I can just try to just block that side of my life. And then there's another ditch that's someone who's just giving into everything and telling everyone everything that they're feeling and capitalizing on it and living by their emotions. And I think we've both felt ourselves in both ditches and known people who um, live that way. And it's hard to, when we're surrounded by a world that lives that way, it's hard to not, but something that I've been working on and it's hard. It's really hard. And it's a daily battle. But I think that a really beautiful way to live is to realize that God gave us our emotions. He created us with them. And so every time I struggle with something, I can give that back to him. And it's easy. It's easy to say, but it's way harder to do for me when I'm struggling with someone to say, God, you created me with this desire and so right now i give this desire back to you and that is yeah i think that is one of the one of the most valuable or most powerful tools we have is to just surrender that desire back to him and um surrendering releasing control is really really hard but it it builds so much strength in us um, so just some practical, practical things that I've found in my own life that help is to spend discipline time with God. Um, especially in times when I am struggling a lot, it's easy to just lay in bed at night and let your mind wander and stay awake for a while thinking, but a tool that's really helpful is to read Psalms or maybe a really encouraging book of the Bible to you. Um, Just read that and don't really try to get anything out of it necessarily, but just read it and fill your mind with the word Um, and um, invite others to to pray for you, to battle with you. Another important thing I think is to use prayer targets. And so the way this works is if there's something that you're a battle you're facing or something you're really struggling with, that every time that comes to your mind, every time that you're tempted to um, feel anger towards someone, every time you're tempted to give into lust, every time you're tempted to, yeah, whatever your battle is to give into that, have someone specific or a situation that you pray for. And I know that it's really hard in the moment to remember that. But I think it's so powerful because if Satan knows that every time I, I'm, he hits me with a, um, a struggle, if he hits me with a temptation that I'm going to pray for this situation or this person who's struggling, I don't think he's going to be as quick to hit us with that temptation. And so that, that's something I found really, really, really helpful. Um, and, for us as young girls, especially, we like to talk to all our friends about everything that is happening in our lives and all the things we're feeling and just fill them in on everything. And I found that to be really, really unhelpful. And it's easy. It's an easy trap to fall into. But try to go to someone who's older and wiser, um, your mom or an lady from your church or an older single woman from your youth group, find someone that you can go and talk to and will help you just see the situation a different perspective. And that's something that it's another thing. It's it's very humbling to go to someone and say, this is what I've been struggling with. And this is the situation. And when you actually verbalize those things and talk about them, it often seems very trivial. (laughs) And so even if, yeah, it's not so much about telling someone as it is about just getting your struggle in the open and being able to see it from a different perspective. And um, especially if you're struggling with guys or work on developing really close and healthy friendship with girls. Um, we get a lot of affirmation from guys and they make us feel good when they give us attention. And it's so easy to just live off of that. But it's so important that we have relationships with girls that are healthy and that they know where we are spiritually and emotionally and um, what our struggles are. And that's so, so powerful. So just I have on my notes, don't stuff it and don't spread it. (laughs) So don't don't stuff the things that you're struggling with. Get them out in the open. And bring them to the light, um, especially bring them before the throne of grace. It takes grace. All these things take so much grace. Um, I know I often, when I would feel a certain way, I would just blame myself and I would just get so stuck in a rut of trying to just from on my own power, get out of this cycle. And you can't, you can't do that on your own. It takes God. It takes um, so much grace. Um, so don't lose hope, stay disciplined, communicate with God, and most of all, remember that God created you to belong and to be loved, and that our deepest heart's desire is fulfilled by Him alone.
2: Thank you, Tirza. That was very beautiful. And I can see that some of our points are going to overlap here, and that is okay. So, I am asked to present on the middle age group of women today. And it would be so lovely to hear from all the other middle age women on here. But I'm going to share with you a few things that have become very meaningful to me. I was thinking about the different life scenarios of women in my age group. And I find myself in the wife and mother life scenario. But I was thinking about women in my age group that have different life callings than what I do. For instance, ladies in my age group that have the calling of teaching, nursing, Bible translation, things like this that that bring with their calling a whole um, set of emotions and emotional um, spectrum. You have a high calling on your life. You have long hours of work. You possibly have rent payments and house payments. You have your responsibility as an active member in your church. You have all the housework to do yourself and you're living alone. Maybe you are a wife that that has the emotional strain of infertility or miscarriage. and and all the things that this brings to you, you as a person and to your marriage. Maybe you are a woman that has a marriage that hasn't worked out, or you are surviving or coming out of abuse or trauma, and you have the loneliness that comes with that. If you're single parenting, you have the load of child care are your finances going to be there for you where do you fit in your church family and all those things i find myself in the category of wife and mother and maybe two adjectives that are most common for this stage of life are busy and tired <laughs> that sounds negative but it, is, it can be the way it is. Often in this stage of life, we have business to think about with our husbands. We have making our finances meet, caring for our children, possibly homeschooling and church responsibilities and relationships. You're in the thick of it. And our marriage to invest in and and keep up with. I'm going to dive right in here, and I'm going to paint a little picture of a recent scenario in my life, and this is a little bit of a vulnerable thing for me to do, but I feel like it sort of sets the stage for the points that I'd like to share that have become meaningful to me in in helping me grow in emotional maturity and spiritual maturity. So let me paint this picture. Not that long ago, first I want to say this. My personality is I like new ideas. I like to work hard. I am used to doing things myself. I like, I can pretty much do, could pretty much do what I set my hand to. I like to be involved in things and have my fingers in the new and exciting projects and and prospects. My body was, is physically strong. Sort of, my life was pretty easy on those levels. I, I loved life and I loved new ideas and new things to do and challenges. couple years years through our marriage, Joe and I have dreamed of of starting a business together. And this began to materialize. God worked some things out for us that pushed us to start this, even in a very busy stage of our life. And we moved ahead with it by faith. I was expecting a baby. We were going to open our cafe at a certain time of the year. Um, the town we chose was very difficult for inspections and licenses. And the timing started to be off. And all the dreams of working shoulder to shoulder with him and and getting those new recipes ready and training my people and and things like that started to not work out right and it started to fall right over the birth of my baby on the heels of having my baby in postpartum i was diagnosed with lyme's disease and became quite sick very quickly and i don't know if you're familiar with lyme's disease but this can attack you your emotions I didn't totally understand all those things at that point. Bell's palsy came into part of my face and it made me very insecure socially even with my family. You try to eat you try to eat when your face is paralyzed and it feels very very vulnerable. We stepped into a very liberal town and we were faced with the rawness of our secular world in ways that I was unprepared for. This called for like deepening trust and communication in my marriage. There was temptation and and spiritual attack and disturbing dreams at night and sharp rebuke from a friend that we did not realize was had strains in our relationship. And um, just in a nutshell, this left me very emotionally weak, physically weak, and needing to face things about myself that I had never even realized were there. Control and lack of surrender, mistrust, And many of these things that we need to think back to, what are our emotions telling us about ourselves? So I'm going to let that there. And I'm going to briefly tell you to move from our Christian worldview to the secular one. I asked my midwife the other day, she's a psych nurse, what do you see in our age group of women? What do you most of all see as being what they're dealing with? And her answer came very quickly, identity. In these middle age years, as we're heading towards 40, our body is aging. And some have had their children and their children don't need them as much anymore. Or maybe they have pursued a career and they don't have children or a partner and their life looks desolate. And they're asking the question, who am I? So. With that question in mind, I want to say, "Who are you and whose are you?" is very foundational. It has has been to me to discover this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read some verses from Matthew. And this might sound really off the cuff here to here to to read this, but just wait. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. And I have a side note in my Bible that says, Have I received the kingdom? Have I been healed and delivered? And I think these questions need to be asked as we Find out where our identity has been and is. We are, we are daughters of God. And until we understand and um, embrace this, we have a very difficult time with our emotions. <clears throat> We are daughters of God. He deeply loves us, desires us. The King has greatly desired your beauty. And he longs to provide the intimacy that we cannot find anywhere else. I don't care how good your personal relationships are with your friends or in your marriage. You will have this longing that only Jesus can fill. So having said that, I'm going to briefly go over some points that have helped me with with my emotions. Going back to those questions, have I been delivered, healed, and received the kingdom? We need to think of weaknesses, maybe even in past generations, that affect us today. Anger, shame, condemnation fantasy or immorality and break those ties in jesus name they need not define or determine us determine our experience as iranius says the gospel is the way we learn to be fully alive cultivate intimacy with god childlike honesty and wonder and one of my mentors, I've heard her say this, run like a little girl and cast yourself into his lap. Sometimes we find ourselves in such weakness where I've been there. I've been in this place where we, where we can say very little even for what is going on inside of us. More than I need you, I need you, I need you. another thing that has revolutionized life is to envision and believe that jesus kingdom his teachings his promises his power are relevant to my situation right now this changes how we do the most mundane tasks how we relate and respond to the ones that we walk most closely with. For instance, my little children pretend that I'm serving Jesus. And in my struggle back there, in the testimony I shared, when I needed to relinquish control and check out the perversions of my own heart and embrace my role and, and come home and care for my babies, to pretend that they were Jesus, I can show hospitality to them. His kingdom is growing in my home with these tiny disciples around my table. And if you are a woman with a different calling, pretend that that old woman or man that you're caring for is Jesus in the way you dress them and wash them and speak to them. Every human being deserves dignity and respect. In the vulnerabilities of pregnancy, you know, you can feel so big and awkward and um, not always very beautiful or graceful. One of my mentors said to me one day, view your body as a vessel through which Jesus' kingdom can grow. That has helped me so often. Don't blame your stress on your little children. Make a large margin for the little children. They're part of Jesus' kingdom and he always made room for them. And we often, there's a mantra in our world today that blames our stress and emotional strain on little children, and that's not right. Taking care of my body. Building my body with exercise and a healthy diet, lots of dark leafy greens, lots of water. Take, take my minerals, pray as I exercise, and view my body not as needing a perfect shape, but as a temple for the Holy Ghost, and we care for it for Him. This is also an investment in my marriage. Shower and moisturize instead of scrolling your phone. This is this can be done to your own self, or if you're feeling emotionally strained, find one of your little children. They are so comforting. And lotion them and talk to them and reach out to them. They're so pure in their affection. <clears throat> Learn to rest. This is advice that's been very hard for me to take, but I had to do it in the time of sickness, in new ways. Maybe you need to rest or maybe to combat depression or overwhelm. Just do the next thing. Comb back your hair. Pick up the toys in one room. Ask for help. I came to a place where my mind was so... Overwrought, and my emotions were so weak that I knew that I needed to talk to somebody. And I was hardly brave enough to do it because this makes you in a very vulnerable place. God worked a miracle for me in this way. I did, I did ask for a mentor, but in a conversation with another older woman, The Holy Spirit led her to ask me some questions. I was supposed to be asking her some questions and ministering to her. She asked me some questions. And it hit on a spot that I had been unwilling to verbalize to anybody else. God is so kind and gentle how he leads us that way. Build some new habits. Our bodies and our minds and the lives of our children are bettered for it. Even our spiritual life is bettered for it. Another quote from Iranius: the glory of God is the human being fully alive. And I think about this in the realm of emotion, exercise, and and intellect. Stimulate your mind with the word of God, the world's needs, and reading something, even if it's a tiny snatch. I like to read a little something that my husband is interested in. It makes for good conversation and stimulates my mind. Have an acute conscious about what you are allowing to influence you. Back to my conversation with my midwife along with identity of who i am she said the effects of internet and social media are bringing women into the psych ward because they can't live up to the pictures and the lifestyles that are being portrayed on social media and this is not just for our young people this is for you and i today. It can look like we need to have the perfect home, life, and body. And we need to remember and screen what's influencing us. We don't think we're easily influenced, but we are. Our world is hypersexualized and pornographic, and we are faced with the visual images all over the place of, of the perfect life and body. And we need to remember what God's view is of beauty. Have an acute conscience about what you're reading. Also the mantra that can come to us of needing my space and me time. Have an acute conscience about emotional fidelity in your relationship to God and to your husband. Be quick to repent and confess your sin publicly. And this heals us in ways that I think sometimes we forget what public confession can do for us. And I know there's appropriate times and people and places to do that. Another point for emotional health is to build your own relationships. And when I say that, I think about women and the way they love to know things and are being prone to gossip, abstain from gossip. Stalking on social media so you can know things. Sometimes this means we miss out on juicy conversations, but it's incredibly freeing to build your own relationships with people and keep a high bar with what you share and what you need to know. <laughs> in our in our church and community lives, sometimes, though we deeply need community and we need a vulnerable place to share, sometimes trust levels are not what they ought to be. I think by abstaining from gossip and needing to know everything, our lives begin to speak for themselves and, and we become trustworthy people and we begin to build relationships that are helpful to our emotional health but it also makes a space for us to be able to pour into other people's lives, and we feed each other. Practice defiant faith and worship and surrender, even in times of weakness and, and sickness and trial. I think about a couple scenarios from Scripture. David's repentance and worship, it was so vulnerable and organic. Hannah's prayer for a child. The woman who washed Jesus' feet. All of these are beautiful, beautiful examples of emotional expression. And celebrate, find beauty, in, and celebrate at meals or in relationships admiring the goodness of God. <clears throat> so just quickly, some some things that just thrill me to think about, just quickly some verses. Jesus said, I am come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. The king's daughter is all glorious within. She shall be the joyful mother of children. She that believes on me out of her belly shall flow rivers of living water. He satisfies my mouth with good things, so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. That's that's all I have to share.
1: Well, I as I have listened to Tirza and Doreen, it takes me back to when I was in that age frame. I'm 70 years old now, and life has its different phases and different emotional stages too. When I was uh, in my mid-years in the stage that Doreen is now, I definitely struggled with PMS, premenstrual syndrome, where I would feel feel more irritable the week before I had my period. And, you know, that was a real struggle for me, but it really helped me to find out that that is normal for a lot of women and learn to take care of myself during that time, like give myself extra rest if I need it, to try not to s- schedule stressful times if I, have, if I have that freedom to do. Uh, that, that made me feel more nurtured and understand the rhythms of my body and how to work with it. A book that has really helped me in understanding all of that is by Jean Lush, Emotional Faces of a Woman's Life. And I have really been helped by her. Now that I'm past menopause, I find that life is more even keeled. And I don't have to struggle as much with ups and downs. But I think very commonly for women in older years is we have more anxiety, we have more worries. Maybe it's because we have lived life longer and have seen more things that can happen. I don't know what all causes it. But for me, these days, choosing to be thankful and focusing on positive things are very important. And so Philippians is such a good resource for that. Philippians 4.6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I really admire other ladies who I see being positive. And I wanna be that kind of a woman too. You know, we have choices what to focus on. Right now I am uh, trying to support a friend who has lost two of her sons to tragic circumstances and she has cancer that she's battling. And I see her struggle with negativity and I just wanna tell her, you know, be positive. think on the on the things that make it build you up and i know it's very easy for us to look at other people and think that but it's a challenge in our own lives to look at the positive things but as we do it really helps us in our own life stages and in philippians 4 8 it gives you some of those positive things the true things the honorable things things that are right and pure, lovely, what is a good repute, what is excellent, worthy of praise. Let your mind dwell on these things. We're told to take our minds, the thoughts of our mind captive, and we can do that. When you start finding yourself going, your mind going round and around on negative things, or if you're struggling with a relationship, you can choose to think of Things listed in Philippians 4 8. And I had to do that in my life with a relationship that I was struggling with. And I also took the Christian's armor that has been so helpful for me to put a song to each of the Christian's armor and to make myself think and sing that, you know, just help to get the negative thoughts out of my mind. Um, I liked the some of the things that Tirza and Doreen shared about having regular routines for healthy emotions, like our Bible reading reading and prayer, prayer targets, sleep, exercise, supporting others, giving and receiving, and hobbies. One thing that is really refreshing for me is to daily take a walk for about 30 minutes. I really enjoy bird watching too. That's a hobby that refreshes me a lot. And my husband has joined me in that since our children are grown now, too. And he takes photographs of them. And so it's something we enjoy. And there's something about being outside that refreshes us in ways that are wholesome to our bodies, not just our spirit, but our soul. Oh, It's just, I don't know how to explain it, but it's holistic. It's more than one part of us. I guess it's because God created us and he, he put us in a garden when he first made mankind. And so when we're outside, we're refreshed in new ways than if we're inside all the time. I really like Proverbs 31 for us women. Um, the one verse, Proverbs thirty one twenty five, strength and dignity are her clothing and she smiles at the future. As an as a woman who's in my older years, I want to have strength and dignity as my clothing. And Jean Losch in her book, <clears throat> excuse me, in her book talks about being a woman of mystique. You know, Teresa was talking about the balance of sharing and the balance of just closing up. I think when we continue to be interesting and not let everything just hang out there. We are retaining some mystique. We should have some people that we can share things with. I don't I don't want to have any part of myself totally hidden. I, I want God to know me totally, but he does. He knows me much better than I know myself. But I have ladies who I can share my concerns with. Not everybody, but I want to be a woman of mystique and I think that verse about strength and dignity are part of that. I can smile at the future because I have my security in God. He is my anchor. I have learned to enter into rest more as I get older, um just not worrying as much about what people think. I'm secure in my in knowing I'm a daughter of the king. I really like that passage when Jesus healed the woman that had the issue of blood. He called her daughter. There's just something so heartwarming about knowing that God calls calls us his daughters. And uh, Doreen was talking about watching gossip and restraining from that. In Proverbs 31, 26, it says, she opens her mouth and wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. I think that's so important. We can put a lot of gossip fires to rest if we just listen and don't spread it. And if we also say something positive about the person who's being spoken ill of. And that's, I think, what I wanna end with.
0: Thank you, thank you so much, that was so rich. And I loved how, as each of you shared, from like your season, your perspective on life, there was like these common beautiful threads that came. And that was just, yeah, amazing. There's two things that I really heard um, that, I mean, there's a lot of things I heard, but two common threads was about being um, our identity, knowing whose we are. And also I really heard choice coming that, we can choose these things. And you know, so often when we think about our emotions, um, and you know, like Edith was talking about like PMS and Dream was talking about um, pregnancy and those things. And then what tears was talking about, just kind of living with this uncertainty in life and this stage when you're kind of still trying to find yourself. And it feels like there's so much that like, we can't even control. And so what is our choice? But thank you so much for reminding us. It made me think of a statement that I oftentimes think about that, you know, the event doesn't choose our behavior. You know, our behavior is not controlled by our feelings. We oftentimes think our, you know, it's our feelings, but it's controlled by the meaning we give to our feelings. And that's why I think it's so important to be rooted in the scriptures. You know, if we're not rooted in the scriptures, then we're not gonna be able to give that proper meaning to our emotions so we can know how to live well. Um, So the time has come now for our Q and A. And as we said, you can go ahead and feel free and put your questions into the chat box um, if you have any questions. And I did want to, I had actually forgotten when I was giving the intro. So while you're thinking about anything that you'd like to ask or comment on, I want to just share my screen here. Um, At the beginning, if you remember, I asked them what they're feeling in the moment. And I think that our emotions, the more we become aware of our feelings, the more we can be in charge of them. And remember that we don't focus on our feeling. That's not our end goal. I love the way Doreen um, talked about the kingdom. And so... We just want to be able to um, be aware of our feelings so we can respond from maturity. You know, um, I am in charge of myself, like I am going to take responsibility for my reactions so I can live to honor and glorify God. So let me just share my screen here. Can you see what I have up here? Okay, so this is just a feelings wheel. I just think this is an interesting tool. Sometimes, um, yeah, when, when I have a lot of things that I want to process in life, and I'll actually sometimes, and you know, and I, I'm not exactly sure what I'm even feeling. Sometimes I like to get a feeling wheel out. And just to remember that all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself. So the end goal is to never just sit there in our feelings, in our awareness, but the end goal is to come back to God. Uh, Let me see here. So,
1: I don't want to do all the talking. What's on all of your hearts? I just want to say that when you, in the very beginning, Jamila, Mm -hmm. asked us what we were feeling, when I said I feel disorganized, Mm But if I was able to go more into a feeling of thankfulness. Oh, I mm-hmm. did get on <laughs> before mm-hmm. the whole thing started. Yeah. I know I probably caused anxiety for some of the rest of you. Thank you, God, mm-hmm. that that's all settled. So mm-hmm. often for me, when mm-hmm. I say or recognize a negative thing, I can move to the next thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Thank you, Edith. That was a beautiful example right
0: there. How I think so, so many times we're especially... Um, Well, because we're Christians, right? And we're godly women. And so we're afraid of our negative emotions because we're not like, we're really not supposed to feel angry or we're not supposed to feel disgusted. But I found that if we can name it and say, this is how I'm feeling and then choose to be responsible for what I'm feeling and then take it to God and say, okay, God, sometimes we just have to say to God, I don't even know what to do with this. But to allow God to speak with us, that's much better than sitting in that space of like tension and anxiety. When we, you know, those are the times when we tend to kind of lose it. And oftentimes the people around us are the ones who suffer the most or actually most times.
4: <laughs> so thank I you. I have a thank question you. here in the in the oh. chat box. Mm-hmm. So the first question here is for Terza. Uh, the question is, you mentioned not bottling up emotions and sharing them. Who is it that you go to personally to share hard and personal things? Is it someone in your age group? Is it an authority? And how do you decide who to share with?
3: So this is an area, especially I've made a lot of mistakes. And I love what um, Edith and Doreen brought out when they were talking about gossip and um, being trustworthy. I think that's a huge thing. And it's so important that we go, as especially as a young women, that we find someone older. I think, and uh, maybe someone who has more life experience, or someone that you just know, and they have a reputation of being trustworthy. Um, especially with emotions, they they can change quickly. And I've often had the experience of going and spilling my emotions and spilling my feelings to someone, and then a week later, I found that I find out from someone else. What I was feeling then, and that person, they still had they had the perception that I still felt that way. When I had moved on, I had expressed it and moved on, and was in a much more healthy place. And so that's why I think it's so important that we find um, older and wiser, and whether it's your authority or your parents or um, someone in your just the community around you. Um, I think I can say that in almost all the places I've been in the recent past, i found people who are close and they cared so much and I could go and talk to and be really honest with. And it's especially important that you find someone who's not going to just affirm or um, validate all the ways you're feeling, but they're willing to like speak truth into your life and say, you know what, you're feeling this because of this. And that's a lie that you're believing or um, that's, An emotionally unhealthy way to view it and you should change. And um, yeah, so I think it's,
2: um,
3: yeah, important that we go not to our peers, but to someone who has life experience and um, they could speak truth well. Thank you
4: for that. Um, Another question, this one's for Doreen. How do you find a mentor? Was it someone in your community? And what did you ask for? You're muted, Doreen.
2: Like I mentioned in my talk, God provided an opportunity for me to begin a relationship with an older woman. And I feel like he provided that in his mercy to me, seeing um, some of the very vulnerable things that I needed to verbalize to someone. So God provided that person himself on one hand. On another hand, I specifically asked a woman that I had observed as having being filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and um, I wanted someone that didn't like tears. I mentioned just affirm all my feelings. Um, I wanted someone that would stretch my thinking and 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 hold me accountable. And sometimes when we ask someone that we deeply respect, it stirs in us a desire not to fail and to have a good report. Um, So that guided me a little bit. Um, But I would say someone older than you that's walked a few miles ahead of you And someone in whom you sense the spirit of God that's going to speak truth into your life. We need to be very careful about that because we as women are very, very easily influenced being our emotional, spiritual and physical lives are so intertwined and we can easily, we can easily be deceived. So choose well with your mentor and I communicated with my husband as well about, you know, who who I was speaking to and who was mentoring me. And I think we need to be open about that. If we are married and have understanding that our marriages are not being in any way, um, that we are not um, being untrue in any way, hopefully your marriage is a place where you have already verbalized those things but um, allow God to lead you who you ask to mentor you.
4: Yeah, that's very important to keep in mind, uh, making sure that your husband is on board with it and that he knows what's going on with you as well. Um, So thank you for that, Doreen. Um, Edith, I have a question for you now you mentioned PMS effects on emotions what are a couple keys you learned in working through that to help those of us in the thick of those years try to get your
1: rest during that time especially and try to to be especially careful what you say I would tend to be so sharp and cutting during that time and so i I think rest helped. I guess just trying to keep your mouth shut. (laughs) You know, one thing that, that emotions can do is show us what our beliefs are. And so if you're feeling something strongly or if you feel an emotion deeply, ask what your belief is behind that emotion. And so if my belief when I was in my PMS week was that everything has to be perfect. That's not true. Can't it can't be perfect here on earth? And I, I just tried to get through it and be patient.
4: I really really like the verse that you mentioned about teaching um, kindness with her tongue, and it's something. It's a good reminder for me, um, even just. The way I speak to my children, for example, when I'm in an irritated mood or something like that, just to make sure that my words are kind and um, at any time of the day or month. Um, so thanks for putting that out as well. Um, our I think it was our last call that we had, Carol Nisley she mentioned um, that it was the week where your reality can shift. And I really liked the way she worded that as well. It's true that maybe What you're thinking this week is a little off kilter than what you're going to regularly think about a certain situation so if you can try to remember that too it can help (laughs) um so here's another question Uh, what a tremendous blessing to hear from you sisters and god bless you for making yourselves vulnerable and for sharing from the heart what about teaching our children to verbalize their emotions edith doreen do you feel like this is important
1: I think it is helpful for them to learn um, just to verbalize their emotions. It gives them more understanding and control then too.
2: I would say that um, I'm, I'm trying to learn this. I have a dear friend who talks about this a lot that um it is good it is good for children to verbalize their emotions it gives an opportunity to guide them but also sometimes we want to shut them up and make them behave and act right and we forget that they're not adults and and we expect too much of them i think that also It's a great opportunity for us to get a window into their hearts when we see them acting out that we can say, what's wrong? Can you tell me how you feel? And it's an opportunity to to connect, but we also need to guide that then too.
1: Sometimes maybe we need to say, are you feeling sad? Is that why you're acting this way? We kind of have to give the words to them for them to know what it is.
4: Um, Does anyone have any advice or resources educating and helping children work through their emotions in a healthy way?
1: In the past, I've done some work with children and I've used like the feeling faces, the mode, just for them to pick out one of these faces that they are feeling. That's been helpful.
0: I really like that. And- Thank you, Doreen and Edith, for what you said. Because I think I noticed that in myself, you know, a child is crying. And of course, we want to teach children how to control themselves and how to have emotion. But my tendency is to tell them, it's okay, don't cry when they were hurt. And I'm trying to learn to tell them, okay, it's okay to feel hurt. But now what are we going to do with it? You know, do you need to forgive someone who hurt you or, you know, What can we do to make, like if you're hurt, like physically, what can we do to make it feel better? Like to teach them some skills that they can have to know how to deal with that. Um, As you were talking, Edith, you you reminded me of another resource that I love when it comes to understanding emotion. And I think I'm going to share my screen again. You were talking about our beliefs. And let me just share this all with you all just a bit here. Okay, and so what if you can see this here, um, can you see this?
4: You can't see it. It's zoomed in a little too much. Can you see it now? Um, A little less, smaller, I mean,
0: okay, there, is that better? Yes. Yes. Okay. And you know, um, Dorit, Edith just mentioned about our beliefs. And if you look at this, this is an iceberg. And you know how they say like icebergs, only 10% is visible. And so that's so true for us. Like we see our behaviors and what we do, but that's only 10% is above the surface and everything else is below the surface and, and is invisible. And so our feelings are driving our behaviors. But where are our feelings come from? And oftentimes they're from our perceptions, our filters on life. Um, and where, where does our filters come from? Our beliefs and expectations. And there they're at the very bottom is our yearnings. And here's just a small example. I remember a young woman telling me one time how um, she was trying to do something outside, like maybe with a skid loader or something, and she was absolutely frustrated. So frustrated. She couldn't get the skid loader to do what she wanted to do. Something with what doesn't make sense what you're doing with a skid loader and a flower bed, but whatever the power machine that she was using, she went into the house, she slammed the door. She was so upset. And her husband's like, What's wrong? And she's like, I couldn't get it to do what I wanted to do. And he was like, Why didn't you ask me to help you? And that's such a simple thing, right? And so she realized though that she had the belief, maybe. Some of it was maybe from the way she was raised that she should know how to figure it out. She shouldn't have to ask for help. Well, because she had the wrong belief, I shouldn't have to ask for help. That influenced her feelings. And then she reacted out of that. And so, you know, think back if her belief would have been, it's okay for me to have to ask for help sometime. That would have changed then her feelings and her, um, and ultimate behavior. And a a feeling buried is a feeling buried alive. And I think that's why it's so important that we don't necessarily just stuff our feelings, but we learn how to deal with them in a christ honoring way. So another question that I had, um, this is for Doreen, Edith, Tirza. What are some resources that you have developed. We talked about the word of God. And we know that the word of God is our ultimate. But what other resources? Are there books that you've read? Uh, other things like that. That you could share with us. That you found helpful in your
2: journey. <clears throat> Two that I think of. Right offhand. Um, there's. And when I mention this one, I say take the good and spit out the bad. But um, one that's been very, very helpful and inspirational to me is called Disciplines of the Beautiful Woman by Anne Ortland. Um, more recently, with some of the things that I have needed to walk through with relinquishing my desire for control of my own life and others, has been Control Girl by Shannon Popkin. Also, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro is a very powerful book. I think of the book Connecting by Larry Crabb. Um, I also think that if you are faced with um maybe your life work and your family are mingling a lot in today's secular culture with all the gender dysphoria and sexual expression that <clears throat> at times this can make us need to go back and have a very godly view of his intention for women and for marriage and sexuality and I think of the book Rethinking Sexuality by Julie Slattery I believe it is that book has been very helpful to me to understand marriage covenant and what God's idea of healthy relationships and sexuality looks like Another book, Joe actually just bought me this one for my birthday because he knew I wanted to read it and I'm just starting it and it's amazing, but it's called You Are What You Love and that book is, um, as far as I've gotten, is amazing. So those are some that come to mind right off. If you're struggling with identity, another very beautiful book to read is Henry Nowen's book called The Return of the Prodigal.
0: Thank you. Thank you for that list, Doreen. Edith or Tirza, would you like to add to that?
1: I had already mentioned the book, Emotional Phases of a Woman's Life by Jean Lush. And also she has written a book called Women and Stress. She st- after she turned 60, she uh, trained got training as a, I think it was a Christian psychologist. He, she has died since then, but she's just given a lot of thought and energy and support to women who are struggling to understand the different phases of life and what's happening to them, I recommend her books.
3: Some books that were very helpful for me. I was also going to mention Control Girl by Shannon Popkin. Um, also, uh, Authentic Beauty and Set-Apart Feminity by Leslie Ludy and a lot of their material, their, their blog and podcasts. Leslie Ludwig's podcast, I have listened to a lot and read a lot, and they have been incredibly helpful for me in just um, yeah, processing emotions well, and especially the idea of um, finding wholeness in Christ being the first step. Another book
0: that I'd like to add is the book Adore. It's by Sarah Haggerty. And I am just in the middle of reading this book. And it is just really inspirational. And again, like we said, with all these books that we recommended, chew the good. And if you find bones, you spit them out. But um, what I really love about this book is that she takes us like from where we are, dealing with our emotions, and we adore God. And so she goes through different names of God and different scriptures and how we can weave those into the moments, like the moments in the grit when we really need him and how it's not by focusing. Like I said, our end goal is not focusing on our ourselves. Our end goal is being able to worship God. And I really love how this book beautifully brings that out. Were there any other questions, Christina? No, mm-hmm. well, I think that we've had a very beneficial conversation today. And I know myself, I'm coming away with a lot of things to think about. And so I'm so thankful for the way the spirit of God was so faithful. And I'm not sure who said it, For us was read, Edith, or Tears, or one of you, or maybe a few of you made a comment about how he's such a gentle God. And so if there is anyone who is struggling emotionally? Remember that. I love the verse. I remember that when I would have my babies and um, just, you know, going through all the transitions and changes, that he gently leads those with young. And I think that's not only, I don't think that's just metaphorically those with small children, but how God is such a gentle God and how he loves us. Think about under scriptures and how Jesus and how he took the time to notice women. I don't think that's in the Bible just because it's my stories. I think it's meant to be personal for each of us, that God meets us right where we are. And so that is my prayer, that if you do feel like you are struggling emotionally, that our call today would not have been discouraging, but it would have given you hope, and that there you would feel life, and that, yes, God would continue to lead you Right now, I'm going to pause, and Christina has just a little exciting announcement that she's going to make before we um, announce our call for next month.
4: Yes, I am excited to announce. Um, Strength to Strength has a new project, and it's called S2X Books. Um, I'm just going to share my screen really quickly for those that can see it. Um, this is our S2S Books page on our website. Um, it is uh is an online bookstore and also a publishing place and so we have two new books that we're publishing right here the right Mennonite Pizza. and Righteous Lot um so we're really excited about that and there's a bunch of other books that we have on our store front right now um so take a look at that um we're very excited about it Hey, thank you,
0: Christina. It's wonderful to know that option that is available. And so thank you again, for all of you, for participating and being here for our discussion today. And um, we're looking forward to next month, Lord willing. Rosa Nault will share with us on service versus sensationalism,
2: versus sensationalism.
0: our response to human trafficking. Rosa plans to share on the difference between service and sensationalism, how they impact our ministry are some avenues of serving more glamorous than others. And so she'll also be sharing some of her experiences and some practical ways that we all can be involved when it comes to the evil of human trafficking. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that. So we'd love to see you all again next month. Um, Edith. Could I ask you to pray just a special prayer of
1: blessing before we close our call today? Heavenly Father, we come to you as your daughters. We thank you that you call us your daughters. Thank you that you made us in your image and that as we live our lives and interact with each other, we are showing something of of you to each other. I pray that that will continue to be refined and made more clear in our Interactions. I pray that you help us to deal with our fallenness and what isn't in your likeness. I pray that we can be um, speaking words of life to each other, building each other up, and helping each other on in our walks during this precious time on the earth. Help us to know that it's just so temporary and to take advantage of why you have us here and then we look forward heavenly father to our future with you and to be known as we are known like just to know each other more fully and to be made more glorious thank you for that hope we have in jesus name amen thank you and
0: goodbye all of you go with god walk worthy of the lord fully pleasing him being fruitful in every good work,